welcome you in the name of the Lord to Water Eaton Church Centre and Spurgeon's part of the church this morning. Um, and uh, we, we will be worshipping together as we pray, as we praise, as we are quiet, as we take communion. So welcome if you haven't been here for ages or if you're somebody I've never met in my life before. It's really good to meet you. Um, and uh, thank you for joining with us now as we read together our call to worship, which is a psalm. It actually comes into the bit of the Bible which is called Psalms, but right at the end there are a whole lot of Psalms which are called Psalms of Ascents. And here people are walking up into church. Well, we've all had to walk up this morning, except maybe Grace who was, and Lynn who were driven up, but the rest of us have walked up a hill to praise our Lord. And we, in our worship, often look up to the Lord in our worship. So let's do that. Let's stand if we're able and join in our call to worship. You will see that the black bit I'll say, and I would invite you to stand and say the blue bit, um, as they would have been said over the course of walking up to the temple as part of the festival. Right, we might have a few more of the doors shut. I don't know how cold you are, but um, uh, we can... S you're hot, are you? That's all right. If it gets cold, please feel free to close any door that's causing you offence. Right? Thank you very much indeed. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. My help comes from the Lord. He will not let your foot slip. Indeed, he who watches over Israel... The Lord watches over you. The sun will not harm you by day. The Lord will keep you from all harm. The Lord will watch over your coming and going. you. We'll continue to worship as we sing him, Jesus is King and I will extol him.
just do sit down for prayer. Thank you. As we worship you, Father, in all your perfection, help us, O Lord, to remember how often people do wrong things unthinkingly, not from lack of love. We can so easily be caught up in cunning snares, tripped almost before we notice the gap at our feet. Forgive us, Lord, and keep us in your true pathway, we pray. Amen. Right, so, not sure how you feel about the theme today, which is perseverance. Okay, I was going to show you a video clip of squirrels persevering. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to do that sort of thing at church at the moment. So um, I commend it to you if you're in an idle moment to have a look later on if you're considering and thinking about what our theme is. Um, However, I did come up with uh, something that's compulsive that we need to be persistent in doing. So let's have a go, shall we? Um, Yeah, it's all right, Mark, I'll manage. Except, of course... I keep forgetting about Zoom. I'm not used to it. Yeah, there we go. So um, some of you will have met these puzzles before. I'm sorry, you're all rather a long way away. I could say, you know, we should have put the chairs out closer, but never mind. Um, Right, some of you will have come across these puzzles. Um, They're called Sudoku. And the general idea is that you only need to be able to count from one to five. No, one to nine. Okay, okay. And if you can do that, you can do these puzzles. Okay. The general idea is that uh, you always have, every column will have the numbers 1 to 9 in, and every row will have the numbers 1 to 9 in. And you mustn't have two ones in any one line. Okay. So some of you may have met this puzzle before, and it's my favorite thing for airports because it can keep me busy for hours. However, just to get some sort of idea of what we're doing, you'll see there's a one across on this line, and there's a one across on this line. But is there a one on this line? No. Okay. There's a one in this column. There's a one in this column. There's a one in this column. But then, of course, you will have noticed we've got some squares as well. And the squares are what help us. Because in any one square, you could only have the letters one. Numbers, one to nine. So therefore, those of you who might be a little sharp-eyed this morning and thoroughly awake may notice that actually this, hasn't got a, this has got a one in, this line's got a one in, this line hasn't. But this square has already got a one in. And that means that we have to put our one there. Okay, you get the idea, don't you? Slowly but surely, we build up our puzzles. If you can't see, you'll just have to come and sit in the front row, won't you? But never mind. Right, okay. So let's do a slightly more complicated one, shall we? So this column's got a one in, and this column's got a one in, but there isn't a one in this square at all. However, there is a one across here, so where is our one going to have to go? It is, isn't it? Just below the two. I can see some people already compelled by this puzzle. Okay. Can we work out what the central number is by looking at those easy rules? One here, one there, one there, one there. Where are we? One in the middle. Right, okay. Have we solved all the ones? No. Okay. So, any suggestions? Here will do us. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. And so we could go on and on and on all service if we wanted to, but I don't think we will. We have quite a few things to put in to our service. However, if you're drinking coffee later, very kindly provided by Marion and Jill this morning, um, I'll turn it round, get it out of the way, and you can have a go at it during the rest of the coffee time. There's a pen as well. So, um, right. But doesn't it make you aggravated that you can't finish it now? It may do, but I'll move it out the way. And that's part of the thing about perseverance. 
our theme, that actually what we really want to do, we keep going on. Okay, so, so sometimes we're prevented from continuing on our way, and then we're in a bit of a problem too, aren't we? But there's something about us that wants to see a job finished. In most of us, I think, have this compulsion to get to the end of the puzzle. Right, so let's have a think now of another slightly different aspect of perseverance as we sing the hymn, My Lighthouse. We've already inferred that sometimes we fail in our attempts to do well. Thank you, Mike. Can we stand if we're able to? Speak loud voices, please.
fortunate that some of us didn't break into actions in the middle of that. Um, but now we will take up our off- oh, have our offering brought forward. Our praise of you is an offering, just as our money, Lord, our service, and our lives. We thank you for those who give the time and effort to volunteer in this place as they serve you. Thank you, Father, that you never stop loving us. Amen. Right. So, it's, uh, it's Communion Sunday, so that means that you are very welcome to sit down and that we won't bless the little ones because the big ones are staying in with us. So please sit down and um, we will sing. Oh, no, we won't. We will stand up again. I'm so sorry. I've got my order of service the wrong way around. And I think we're going to sing How Great You Are Thou Art Now, aren't you? Yes. Mike, would you introduce it? Is it the straightforward version or is it something different? Very straightforward. it It is straightforward. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> good. So very, very familiar, very familiar words, of course, slightly different, slightly different melody. Well, in fact, very different melody, but it's very, very easy to pick up. a surprise wasn't it and a lot more joyful please do sit down um yes yes sometimes that hymn can go on a bit uh but just what a what a joy it has been to sing that this morning uh magdala i'm so glad to see you this morning <laughs> and you're going to read for us our story on perseverance keeping on going 
This reading is from Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but he finally said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come back and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and I and will not and will not God bring justice about for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I, t- I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Our twin themes, faith and justice, as we look now uh, our sermon. So we've read Psalm 121. We've heard the story that Jesus told. Partway through this, we'll have the reading which Hayden will bring to us from Timothy. And we'll also have been referred to the story of Jacob wrestling with God. So quite a broad scope of pre- for preachers to pick up and uh, run with. So, our first line, she made me do it. It's the world's most famous and the first recorded excuse. We know what happened then, and we can all think of times when our obstinacy has made something happen with dire consequences. So, we end up with the story of God's long-suffering, loving-kindness with us. Jesus died... Jesus is risen, so we can be forgiven. But this is a just cause. How did the widow know the judge was unfair? Well, sadly, we fear bitter experience. A while ago, a long while ago, there was a campaign to stop the three-corner trade. We, in Britain here, living here at the time, got molasses, we got sugar, we got cotton, we got rum from the West Indies and the southern colonies of the new lands. Ah, that was great. Great for us as country, great for us as individuals. But who provided the labour? And how did it all come so cheap? Slavery is not a good word and not a good activity. Not all Christians thought slavery was wrong. But a group led by Wilberforce saw what was happening and spent a very long time, from 1787, when he began talking in London dinner parties, in Parliament, in public squares, and 20, yes, 20 years later, Parliament actually began to take what he and his supporters said seriously. In 1807, a new century... And 30 years from the beginning of the campaign, the first act of abolition was passed. And in 1833, the Slavery Abolition Act was passed, abolishing slavery across the British Empire. Full emancipation of slaves came much, much later, amid war and pretty perilous happenings. In fact, we're still aware of campaigns against modern slavery. But that doesn't stop it being an unjust practice. It's the kind of stubborn patience we're talking about that Wilberforce showed as he kept on and on and on that we look at when we're thinking about perseverance. So often, our Christian life is not a brisk march to success, but a patient plod. Paul says so. Uh, He says, not that I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on, as he's speaking to the Philippians. We do begin somewhere, though. 
we meet Jesus and we begin to follow him regardless. For a Christian in Pilgrim's Progress, it was when his burden fell off at the foot of the cross. I used to think when I first came to Water Eaton and during the week the rubbish was put out at the foot of the cross. I used to find that such a beautiful picture of what God does. He takes our rubbish, he forgives us. Amazing. And for Pilgrim, his future, his, the, what happened next in the story to Pilgrim was turbulence in the extreme. All kinds of things happened to him in the story that John Bunyan told. But at the end, the triumphant welcome. And you can see here, Christian has got himself into a bit of bother again. And who helps him? A friend. Someone's brought alongside him to give him a hand. Now, a survey by Hope Together earlier this year indicated that 60% of people interviewed would go to a Christian for help. Our perception around our particular part of this world in England is that Christians are generous, available servants of the Lord. That's great, isn't it? It's not what comes across sometimes in the media, but here we are, perceived as generous, available servants of the Lord. The persistent are not defeated by an uphill task. Pilgrim had to really struggle in the story. And then we have something that the Queen says. I can't remember what I had next in my slides, but it says slide next. Is there another slide, Jean? Ah, that's it, thank you. So... Actually, the Queen had something to say on the matter. Uh, she said, when life seems hard, the courageous do not lie down and accept defeat. Instead, they are all the more determined to struggle for a better future. So, the woman in the story connects her faith and her actions. She prays. She begs. She goes on and on at the, at the cruel judge. She's prompted by love and gratitude. She prays and she receives. Because that's what Christians do. They're prompted by the love and gratitude that God give, uh, that, to God. And we pray and we receive. The widow in this story, it is unique to Luke, is included in, as part of Luke's theme of Jesus' tender love for the underprivileged, the people on their own, the lonely. And she becomes part of a relay where each of us is called to do our bit, to keep on pressing on. And day by day, we have an awareness of what the Lord is asking us to do as we serve him. We could be serving other people. We could be listening. We could be giving. We could be sharing something. We certainly probably will be praying and we very likely will be showing care. So how do we keep on with our God-allocated tasks? Well, one of the things is what Hayden is going to read to us next. It's really quite fun when you realise the team effort that goes into a service. And um, I want to say thank you especially to Mike, obviously, for our songs and for Edward for the sound. But we also have a very wonderful team uh, who work at Boys Brigade as well, and they all seem to be here doing something useful this morning. So thank you. But as for you, continue, continue in what you have learnt and have become convinced of, because you know it. Know those from who you learnt it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. In Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Thank you, Hayden. So, Linda prepared our communion for us. Well, we've had two readers and Junior has arrived to, to make sure our slides are put up. A team, a group of people working together is how we are called to work with Jesus. But 
how do we know? Well, we've just heard that our scripture is breathed, is given by the Holy Spirit. And there's a challenge there for all of us. How do we apply that work? How do we keep going? The Bible gives us correct ways of behaving. So one of our persistence in things, our things we should persist in, is reading the Bible itself. How else would we know something was unjust if we didn't have the Bible to show us? Sometimes people say it's in the Bible and that makes it all right. No, sometimes in the Bible things are to show us it's not very right at all. So, read, persist in reading the Bible. Persevere with it, keep going with it. Now, I don't suggest you take it out and start at the beginning and finish at the end as a new reader of the Bible. Because actually, you will get a lot of indigestion and not quite sure what you're reading. But I do think that it helps each of us to have some guidelines. And so that's why I've put these, this slide in into the sermon. Outside on the shelf as you leave um, this, the service, there are one or two examples of daily notes, um, which can be found um, Scripture Union Bible Guides, but you can actually have a book uh, which will help you understand what's going on in the Bible and give you some steer, what to read, and then some ideas of what on earth all that meant. And that really helps. Similarly, Petra um, is very keen indeed on something called Our Daily Bread. And there are some examples of that. They're all free. You can take one. And if you would like to just try, if you've never tried reading the Bible each day, it's a really useful way of starting your day. I mean, whoever would have thought I was reading um, the other day into Samuel. Well, yeah, you know, a long while ago. Um, fair government or how not to do it, basically, was the theme of 2 Samuel. Um, David, the early hero, loses touch. Who would have guessed that the Bible has something so relevant to our current situation? Amazing. That God breathed, ready for us to have a steer on our lives, not just to come to church one day and then live our lives the rest of the day, something to pick up each day for encouragement. And then our opening psalm was, was Psalm 121. God never switches off, basically, is what it's saying, isn't it? And as God never switches off, we are given a steer here. We're given a sense of Persist in your praying. Keep going. Hang on to God. The bit of the readings we haven't had was, was Jacob. He wrestled with God. He kept on begging and praying and persisting and wrestling with God. He hang on in there. And through the end of the long night of sorrow and prayer and fighting, he was left with a limp in his leg. A reminder that God is physically present. And God is physically present with us. So give him a bit of time. Read his word. Talk to him any time of the day or night. This is part of what being a persistent Christian is about. Uh, two or three of us meet together once every fortnight probably now, as a prayer triplet. And if you feel your situation in life is changing so that you're, you would love to pray with somebody and are not quite sure who, have a word we might be able to team you up with. Or find a friend who has free time at the same time as you, who you can talk to and share with. Because praying together, helping together, encourages your faith to pray to the Lord. In fact, Valerie, who is one of our prayer partners, uh, one of a prayer triplet that I belong to, said, oh, I've missed this, we haven't met for three weeks. I need to pray together because that's part of what the Lord does for us. He, he says, pray and agree and then persist. But you have agreed together to pray and then agree to pray at another date and another date, and it keeps you, you honest before the Lord, having someone to pray with. 
So God was looking for Jacob, found him, and they wrestled, and he called Timothy, and he does the same with us. There's a, a lovely book by Rowan Williams. Um, he, he's written a book called Tokens of Trust, and some of it's a bit academic, quite honestly, you know, and you think he, he's a very learned person, but he knows his Lord. And one of the things he says, God has no agenda that is not for our good. And how do we find it? We find it as we persist with our prayers, as we persist with our following, as we persist with our reading. And we're called back to where we were. Love me, says the Lord. So it's God who's the one who in the end shows the perseverance and the persistence. And let's look at that. We've thought a lot about what persistence is. We've thought quite a bit about what our part is. But actually, it all comes back to Jesus always, doesn't it? God desires that his followers are kept blameless. And the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. So it's God's promise on the other side of the coin from where we sometimes look, where we can feel so burdened by our calling to follow Jesus but look at it from the other direction. Christmas soon, isn't it? Right, and what is the story of Christmas? Emmanuel. God is with us. God was with Joseph. God was with Jacob. God was with Timothy. God was with Paul. God is with us as individuals and as a group. God is with us today, here in his presence. But through the week, God is with us. Through our doubts, God is with us. Through our long nights of worry, God is with us. When the plans change, God is with us. We might have to grit our teeth about that one. Through the turbulence of every day, God is with us. And the when the worst really does happen, still God is with us. Don't let go of that. There's another verse that I want to share with you this morning, which comes from Romans chapter 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And we're just going to have our moments of quietness now Maybe not quite so long as before, but we will have our moments of quietness now, now that everyone in Zoom is settled, now that we know we are here in God's presence, to just think over that verse, that part of the verse from Romans chapter 8, and how that is going to apply in our lives this week.
continue in our prayers of intercession. Everlasting Father, you created the world and everything in it. We pray with one voice, proclaiming your presence to all the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you and give thanks for all your wonders of the, your marvellous creation. Lord of the Church, we pray for all people who seek to follow your way in their lives. Let your church speak your word of truth with confidence and in unity, so that those who are searching and listening will be able to see and hear clearly your message of love and peace. We pray for key decision makers and leaders in the governments of the United Kingdom and the world all who have the power to bring about change. Mighty God, please intervene and move within our nations, especially as the war continues in the Ukraine. We pray for our family members and friends who are not Christians. Please work in us so that we can share your love, your life and message with them and reveal your love to them so that they might know, follow, and witness to you for themselves, that they may know you are with us. We pray for those who, through illness, disability, or infirmity, anxiety, or depression, find it difficult to pray for themselves. Help them to be aware of the prayer and love which surrounds them and those who care for them. And in this moment, we name before you, in our heart or even out loud if you would like, those people, places and situations that are on our hearts at this time. Your son Jesus asked the man at the pool, do you want to be made well? We pray for all those who have been ill for so long that it has become part of their life. Help them and those who care for them to see all the possibilities that life still holds despite their disabilities and to make the most of all the wonderful aids that are now available to help people lead enjoyable and fulfilled lives. We pray today, especially um, as we're thinking about sight loss and sight loss Sunday, for the Torch Trust in Milton Keynes and other local, national and international organisations for people with sight loss. May their services be a blessing to those who need them. And Lord, on this sight loss Sunday, we pray for the work and witness of Torch Trust across the country its staff, volunteers and supporters, that through them, churches across the UK will be enabled to include people with sight loss in every aspect of church life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers now, and as we pray, the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Our hymn is taken from John Bunyan and, Pilgrim, and Pilgrim's Progress. I apologise in advance for the hobgoblins, but you know how it is? We can be very frightened by imaginations, can't we?
Thank you. That was a, a hymn we actually enjoyed at my, my mother's funeral. Uh, and being a person from Bedfordshire, uh, we were brought up with it as a school song as well. But doesn't it just stir you to continue? Really amazing. Sorry, Zoom, I'm ahead of you again. <laughs> we're, here, we're here, and I'm hoping you're picking up some of the words. God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, says Jesus, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. You're invited. Come to this table, not because you must, but because you may. Not because you're strong, but because you are weak. Come, not because of any goodness of your own gives you the right, but because you need mercy and help. Come because you love the Lord a little, and would like to love him more. Come, because he loves you, and he gave himself for you. Come, and meet the risen Christ, for we are his body. Let's pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. So how did this come about? The Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's give thanks. Loving God, we praise and thank you for your love shown to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for his life and ministry, announcing the good news of your kingdom and demonstrating its power in the lifting of the downtrodden and the healing of the sick and the loving of the loveless. We thank you for his sacrificial death upon the cross, for the redemption of the world and for your raising him to life again as a foretaste of the glory we shall share. We give you thanks for this bread and wine, symbols of our world and signs of your transforming love. Send your Holy Spirit, we pray, that we may be renewed into the likeness of Jesus Christ and formed into his body. This we pray for his name, in his name, and for his sake. Amen. Jesus said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. We ask you to take this in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your heart by faith with thanksgiving. And please eat as you receive. In the same way, Jesus took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant or promise sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. As we share the wine, I ask you to keep your cup and chain, I think is the word, and we will drink together once everyone is served.
drink this and remember that Christ's blood was shed for you. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus. Amen. Your death, O Lord, we commemorate. Your resurrection we confess. Your final coming we await. Glory be to you, O Christ. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now as we leave this place, read from Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless